today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast, brought to you by Scoop News Group. The latest on Delaware's broadband efforts, three priorities for Pennsylvania's CIO, and state and local cyber brands continue to roll out in Virginia. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world and learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Delaware is continuing its efforts to close the digital divide in the state. The state has invested millions of its own money, as well as federal funding, to close the broadband gap in the state's most rural and unconnected areas. Greg Lane is the chief information officer for the state. He tells me about how he's looking to make that connectivity expand. So obviously, um, I think every state's working on broadband, so that's just a state initiative. Um, In the world of IT, um, we are working on um, digital government services, trying to implement a... um, portal for our residents and visitors to have a single place to go to get state services, Uh, ERP modernization. We have uh, some data center and and mainframe uh, as a service going on, data center modernization. A number of our agencies have modernization projects, including um, labor, um, Department of Finance. So we're, we're quite busy in the state. Let's dive in. You know, broadband has been a journey for Delaware for for several years. Uh, obviously, new this year is is quite a lot of federal funding to to the effort. Uh, tell me about kind of the latest of, of where you're at there. Yeah, so we were able to uh, provide uh, access to about six thousand uh, addresses with uh, CARES funding, and as that program's ending and BEAD is uh, beginning, we are working on our BEAD plan and. Uh, hope to do uh, an additional 10,000 um, addresses and enable access to the internet. Uh, so we're very proud of that program and hope to uh, provide services that uh, some of our rural areas just uh, haven't had access in the past. And you, you talk about an ERP modernization, one of the one of the bigger projects that a state can can undertake. So many different facets, so many different pieces. How are you breaking the project up? How are you making some progress uh, with such a behemoth? Yeah, so ERP in, in the state is uh, our uh, HR first system, uh, first state financials, as well as um, pensions. And we have a number of systems that we run across the state. So uh, we are today a people soft shop, and we are running an evaluation. We're really breaking it down. We're in the requirements gathering mode. We expect to issue an RFP and uh, move to the next generation of ERP. So we're looking forward to that and uh, we'll make some good choices to um, enable our, our agencies to deliver on those platforms. You talked about data center modernization and, and mainframe as a service and, and things like that. Again, sort of a big behemoth of a, of a project. What's what's going on there? What are you what are you pushing forward? So we are uh, pushing to have our, our um, mainframe execution brokered. Uh, it not only uh, helps with uh, a depleting resource that we have in the state, but uh, it puts us in, in a better position for um, resiliency. And the same with our data center modernization, removing more workloads as everyone is uh, to the cloud. And uh, we expect uh, those programs to continue, both from a resiliency, um, uh, sustainability standpoint. So we're, we're making great progress there. When you look, you know, over the course of the next, say, six months or so, uh, what's on the horizon for you? What do you think you'll you'll move across the finish line in the near term? So we'll move across the finish line, the first phase of uh, our digital government program. We have partnered uh, not only with the Department of State, but uh, our Office of the State Treasurer. Uh, we are moving to a new payment processor. So our digital government portal is starting with a payment engine. 
Uh, we expect to do that to help uh, all of our agencies who have to switch payment processors, not to have to hard code to the new processor. We'll build a microservice, they can call it. Uh, so it makes it easier for them, but more importantly, it begins to bring a common payment experience to our residents and visitors, regardless of the agency in which they're uh, getting a service or a transaction, if the trans service or transaction needs payment. Uh, we will then follow that with um, uh, a portal that will allow them to go to one place to get multiple services. It won't be all services, but we expect to roll that out and grow. And on the front end of that, we have our single sign-on project where we uh, implemented Okta and we'll have uh, growth in that platform as well. So that trifecta is uh, the foundation of our digital government program. Greg Lane, Chief Information Officer for the State of Delaware. You can read more about him and broadband at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Pennsylvania will focus on cybersecurity, data, and identity and access management in the year ahead. Amaya Capian is the state's CIO. She joined the state earlier this year and says that those three initiatives are all tightly coupled in the state's strategic plan. She tells me how they all come together. Being at this NASIO conference is sort of reaffirming that we all have the same really big challenges. Uh, of course, um, finding the ways in our state and with the teams that we have and all the conditions are is a way that we each have our own challenge to, to strike ahead in. So big, big um, temple initiatives. Number one, um, I, our IT foundations. Um, we always talk about them. To me, they're, they're three and they're very tightly coupled cybersecurity, data, and identity and access management. Because I think those foundational building blocks are the key to do anything big and anything differently, um, especially as it relates to digital service delivery. So um, the exciting news here is I'm pushing ahead on all those fronts. Uh, cyber, I'm working really hard on closing a new CISO. Um, so fingers crossed, wish me luck. Um, second on data. Have a, we already have a fantastic chief data officer in David Parsh, um, but he's been really suffering with a very small team. So we're pushing ahead and he's launching a whole bunch of new roles, putting them, posting them out there. So we're looking for great data, data talent in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And lastly, uh, on the third one, uh, with identity access management, we're also kicking off um, you know, the next round of initiatives. We have the Keystone login, we have uh, solutions in place, but how do we really push the next level of making that both, of course, secure, as well as most importantly, seamless for um, everyone that uses that identity access management. Tell us a little bit more about sort of your general approach to cybersecurity. What were some of those thoughts when you walked into the job and, and you know, those those hot button bulleted item lists that you needed to do right away? Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the themes I've heard here is um, everyone agrees that the, the new era of, of CIO leadership is the strategist. I would say the same for the CISO. Um, you know, it's such... There's so many fronts to tackle in this really challenging role. Um, not only it's managing our legacy, you know, footprint, it's um, pushing ahead with new threats every day and how to manage those. It's a constantly changing landscape. Um, it's how as states, how can we support 
um, local uh, entities, right, um, and coordinate with federal. It's it's a it's a massive role. So that's that's a hugely important one. But I think to do that right, you have to be really strategic um, in how you're managing across all those really important things. And look at the organization that you have today, um, and where the where we are today. So uh, that's that's what I'll say on that one. Being from Pennsylvania, uh, you know, Pennsylvania geographically is is really different, um, you know, population wise, very different. You have some really small counties, some really big ones. Uh, how are you working, especially on something like cybersecurity with small counties like my home county of Pike County uh, and, and big cities like Philly and, and Pittsburgh and, and yeah. whatnot? Um, yeah, um, you know, it's it's. I'll play the new card. I'm only a couple months in, but I have had the chance to, for example, have a conversation with the CIO of Allentown and some folks um, from the local, um, you know, more local areas. And I think that's where there's the biggest struggle and also the biggest vulnerability, right? They don't have the capacity for the best in class tools. And, and But it's also the place where we can get more federal funding because there's a huge appetite and awareness that states can step up and play a huge role here. So just I'll just say, say that it's a it's a great opportunity for us to work more um, in that local network. Talking about data, you know, a uh, huge priority for, for most CIOs, especially when we think about things like Gen AI and, and just the capabilities that that presents, you got to have that data foundation ready to roll. So uh, where do you see Pennsylvania at in terms of its data uh, capability and, and sort of how does that factor into your thoughts going forward? Yeah, um, it's been, been a, a talk of the conference as well. So on the data front, um, I think we're, you know, emerging, right? We do have a chief data officer. We do uh, are working on a data cataloging initiative, um, but we have so much more to go. I think having we're having active conversations with our agency partners right now on data sharing. So we're, we're moving our way. I think, um, you know, I saw a great session uh, with folks from the state of Washington on, on data and they, they show this slide of like 16 different projects that they're that are representing their efforts around data. I think that's what it is, right? There's so many pieces that you have to get to fall in place to really deliver. But um, for me, it's foundational, but then it unlocks how we get more outcome driven with our agency partners, right? And really, it, to me, that's one of the key ways that unlocks that collaboration with agency, agency partners to deliver um, services to our constituents, which is all what it's all about. You talk about identity and access management. Uh, you know, I know that's a project that was partially underway before you came in. So, you know, how did you come in, assess that and, and decide the path forward for that? Yeah, um, luckily, you know, the, the good news is, is um, one thing I'm learning is, you know, I have a massive team and there's a lot of folks who are doing a lot of great work to push forward on on the many fronts we have. So in this case, we were already down the lane with a RFP to have a partner come in and help us with this next, um, and, you know, I think I would hope final stage to really cement and solidify our strategy. So I thankfully walked into that and it's certainly something that um, I want to provide strong leadership support and guidance on as we go go down uh, this path. And then sort of to wrap us up, uh, you know, six months between now and the next time we'll do an interview like this at a NACIO conference. Um, what do you hope to achieve in those next six months? What do you want to get done between now and then? Yeah, um, I think one of the things that I'm really focused on the next six months is how I can um, kick off new ways of working within my team and with our with our partners. Um, so a couple of quick examples. Um, we have, 
you know, our IT policy. Um, and I've heard across both within my team and, and outside of my team that it's really challenging to follow all those policies. And a lot of time and effort goes into uh, unpacking what the policy actually is saying you can and can't do. Um, so we're, we're going in and I, I've, I actually have a new special assistant in my office and he's going to be unpacking and assessing, you know, where are those opportunities to simplify um, so that we can all work smarter. So that's an example. Um, of course, with the Code PA team, we're bringing those human-centered design practices to bear. So that team is also focused on how can we take that toolkit and bring it to members of my OIT team that's been supporting um, enterprise or centralized apps for a long time? How can we bring that to our agency partners so we can align on what the outcomes for digital service delivery actually are? So those are, that's, that's what I'm hoping to do in the next six months is, is, is start to usher that around um, OIT at the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and, and with our partners outside as well. Amaya Kapiyan, CIO for the state of Pennsylvania. You can read more about her and her work at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Virginia, like other states in the country, is continuing to plan for and disperse money from the state and local cyber grants that were allocated by CISA and distributed by FEMA. Michael Watson is the state's CISO. He tells me about how he's approaching the funding and what it means for the state long term. We have a lot going on as usual. Um, you know, we've got uh, uh, in the cyber world, we have uh, the state and local cyber grant program. We have a great group of folks uh, from all of our localities and higher ed and tribal communities coming together to talk about the best way to try to improve cyber across the state. Um, they have uh, worked really hard together to come up with a fantastic plan uh, where we're, we're re ready to invest. Virginia's done uh, has great backing from uh, the governor and the administration, as well as the legislature um, to make sure that we've got all of the funds available uh, to match the requirements for uh, for the uh, grant investment. Um, so we're super excited to get that running. Um, we have a large push for uh, our cloud environment at the moment. We've uh, spent a lot of years getting everything tweaked and ready to go so we can have a seamless transition over to, you know, the major cloud providers. Uh, and we're in the process of, of doing that now with the, uh, with the agencies and making sure that everything's sort of lined up and ready. Uh, we're also working um, on some uh, identity work with uh, Virginia Identity, um, making sure that we've got, uh, you know, our uh, common identity for all of our, our citizens. Um, it is sort of early in the process, but we're taking those initial steps and getting that ready with the plan to try to figure out how to do this long term, um, you know, knowing that it makes it easier to access resources and access um, systems from uh, anywhere in the uh, in the state that way. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of those types of things going on. And we have um, a zero trust plan that we started rolling out as well uh, with a uh, strategy tied to five years of investments. We're getting ready to do our uh, re-procurements for all of our contracts for our infrastructure services as well. Uh, those will be happening over the next couple of years. So we are uh, not without work to do uh, <laughs> and definitely keeping us. Oh, and of course, I can't do any uh, conversation without mentioning AI, right? Because, you know, everybody's looking at the, uh, the AI question. That's a big priority as well to understand how that's going to work within the environment. And we're trying to do uh, be thoughtful uh, as well as innovative with how it is that we apply it within our organizations. So, so, so much there to, to dive into, uh, when you say zero trust, I mean, zero trust, I feel like had a big moment in, you know, 2021, yep. uh, never wasn't a priority or never wasn't a big deal, but, but I feel like it's at a different place in 2023, sort of, as we get a little bit closer to, uh, realizing some of that stuff. So, so tell me about where you're at with zero trust and what you're thinking about. 
Yeah, so so zero trust, we we have uh, gone through, I think that the hype cycle, we're kind of coming over the edge of the curve, right? We're starting to get to where the rubber meets the road and trying to actually implement. For us, the way that we implemented zero trust was we started with an overall strategy that identified all the technologies and such that we needed to implement. And we picked our first couple, right? We're working with identity, as I mentioned before, both on the enterprise and the citizen side. And then we looked at the micro segmentation components and started coming up with our tools and technology necessary to make that work within our organization. Um, so those will be our first two steps. And then we've lined up all of the rest of the technologies and roadmap that's necessary for us to get there. So we have we have our journey, we've got our support for it. We're, we're moving and shaking and, and uh, making progress there. And then so, you know, one of the big pieces, obviously, of the cyber grant program, and, and you talked about it earlier, is that collaboration with local government, but not just local government, you know, school districts, uh, anybody who has anything to do, I think, as you said, uh, what are the challenges with something like that? How do you how do you sort of weather those in order to, to get to the end result, which is a more secure state? Yeah, that the I love the concept of the whole of state that that coined term that we're using across the country right now, where cybersecurity especially does scales really well. Right. It's one of those things where um, we can implement it in a way that. Uh, the investments are very efficient and that we can reuse a lot of our processes and procedures and technology that we've got out there as long as we're thoughtful about how it is that we do it. Um, so, you know, bringing all of those folks together to understand here are our major objectives and we focus on, you know, a few to start with and we just slowly chunk our way through. Right. Um, we always say, you know, cybersecurity is a journey. It's not uh, a destination. And we are we know that we're starting uh, with such a variety of different types of folks. Um, Virginia is a wonderful state. It has different segments, right? We've got our Northern Virginia folks who who have, um, you know, investments and have been working, you know, have a large technology footprint just to, due to the proximity of DC and everything. And then we've got our Southwest Virginia folks who are completely opposite, right? They don't need a lot of technology a lot of times to do their work. Um, but, you know, we're trying to figure out ways to make sure that the stuff that they do have is secure and safe. You know, we, we were talking earlier before we started recording, uh, you are one of the longer tenured CISOs out there. Uh, what advice do you have for a brand new CISO on the block? I interviewed the new CISO of Maryland, brand new to his job. Uh, what advice do you have for someone like that? That's a, that's a really good question. It's funny because um, I have definitely felt a little older during this particular conference because of just that. We've had a bunch of new uh, CISOs that have kind of come on board in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, that's usually the, the conversation is to say we try to the, the, the few of us that have been around for way long have sort of giving some advice to say, hey, look, you know, this is going to be something where um, we, we try to not politicize technology. We try not to, like, focus too much on. But we know in any organizations when, when we're trying to get a message across in a destination that we're trying to get to, you've got to figure out how to walk and get your your folks educated about you know, why is cybersecurity important? Where is it that we're actually struggling? And what does it mean? Fortunately, the education gap from where I started many years ago and where we are today, people know what cyber is. They understand what it is that we're trying to do and the outcomes that happen when we don't take those steps. Um, but getting folks to understand just what is involved in getting us to a spot where, hey, we're relatively okay. Nothing's perfect, right? We're never gonna claim perfection, but we've got to a point where everything's protected. We're not gonna have major breaches. We're, we're uh, keeping our citizens' uh, data safe. Michael Watson, CISO for the Commonwealth of Virginia. You can read more about him and cybersecurity at links in today's show notes and at statescoop.com. You can subscribe to the Priorities Podcast at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, be sure to leave a review or rating on the podcast page. That small extra step helps more people like you find the show. 
This podcast is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher all put it together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.